am so sorry. It's fine. You know, all of those pointers I sent to you, I send to myself too, but this is just the nature of the beast in which I'm living. Right. It's fantastic. Right, right. It's like backstage, but there's no stage. It's the standby for places green room. Welcome to In the Green Room. Hello, everyone, and welcome to In the Green Room. My name is Dunya Karam, and I will be uh, your host this time around. I don't know when you guys are watching it, but we're filming it in the afternoon. It's a beautiful, brisk day out, uh, at least here in New York. And this is Barbara Matovu. She is the writer and uh, performer for the piece Tata, uh, which you can now stream on our any podcast streaming services uh, through Standby for Places. Welcome, Barbara. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's been an absolute pleasure working on your audio, by the way. Oh, thank you. Of course. Um, so, so let's dive right into your piece. So this is an excerpt. Now, is it an excerpt from a one-woman show type situation, or is it more of like a, a memoir? Um, so what, what exactly is the adaption from? Yeah, the original idea was for a one-woman show. I mean, mm -hmm. I went to school to focus on acting and you know as you you know get out of school and you realize the just the larger the um, makeup of theater and all the things that you can try whether or not you studied it or not um you know I decided to try writing and they say you know start with what you know and mm -hmm. so it's it, the idea is for it to is, is developing in the direction of uh, a one woman show. Although I have heard comments as I've been um, working on it, that it could be, some people have heard it as, as it could be like a memoir or a novel. Um, so that's a thought for later, but I'm trying to sort of keep my head focused in one direction before I try um, to adapt it on itself. Absolutely. I mean, reading through it, it reads the theatrically, but it doesn't read as a script. It reads like, um, it, it almost does read like a memoir, but there's so much theatricality and image painting there that very much lends itself to the stage. And it's very uh, sentimental and beautiful. So, okay. So you started writing because, you know, start with what you know, and we're trying to create, create art words are so easy for me today uh, and every day, clearly. Um, I feel like a lot of that has been mirrored in quarantine as well. A lot of artists have been kind of stripped from what they typically do uh, and how they typically kind of express their, their artistic outlets and have had to reroute. Uh, like, for instance, this podcast company kind of came out, out out of a need of theatrical artists to want to still exercise those muscles to any capacity or degree. Uh, I am not technologically inclined by any state um, of being at all, but I've had to become one because I'm editing these audios, right? And uh, it's been a fun journey. Since graduating and starting to write, have you also expanded through quarantine doing more writing or uh, other artistic endeavors? Uh, yes and no. I think because I started writing this long before the quarantine was the hit it word. Mm -hmm. um, 
so this had been in development for a couple of years now in fits and starts. And at the beginning of 2020, I had sort of made a personal um, artistic goal of since I'd been writing in in excerpts and pieces, like, okay, mm -hmm. let's try to figure out how these pieces will come together. Because I, I, since I was not, since I was new to the writing, I couldn't, in starting out, I couldn't think of the big picture. I had to start really small mm -hmm. and, and focus on small parts. And so in 2020, I had a bunch of small parts. Um, so I, my goal was, okay, let's try to figure out how to start to fit these together and come up with a, a first um, draft. And then, um, you know, the, the year starts and then a, a month or so in for Lent, I decided, you know what, because sometimes I, instead of giving up something, I try to add something to yeah. my life or make something a little more regular. And so for last year, I said, you know, what if I try to finish something? Because I've started all these other pieces. What if I try to finish something? I don't know if it'll be this solo piece, but I want to finish something that I've started writing. And, um, you know, not long into Lent, then uh, the, the shutdown happened. Mm. And um, so it became this like, well, okay, okay, maybe I will have more time to write. But then it suddenly becomes this, you think you have more time, but since everything moves online, you feel like you can be everywhere at once. So um, I did end up uh, trying my hand at a, at a, at a, at a, you know, 10 page short two person scene, which I was able to start and finish during Lent. So I patted myself Yay! on the back and, but that was in my brain. It's like, that's my distraction of like putting off this other thing. So, I mean, I did, was able to expand into trying something new. Mm -hmm. um, and then it was, became about, okay, refocusing, trying to refocus back to this solo. So it's been, um, it's certainly been a journey. I didn't do as much as I would have liked, um, so that um, hope has carried on into 2021 is to uh, work more towards a full draft. Mm -hmm. Well, this, this particular excerpt, I think, was quite masterfully strung together. So I would really like to talk about the piece itself uh, and start just from the title and then moving on to these excerpts and how they have been constructed and where they did come from. Um, so please explain for the listeners and viewers, what is Tata? So Tata is uh, Luganda for father. Both of my parents were born and raised in Uganda. They uh, met and married there. And mm -hmm. uh, in 1978, they came to the United States to go to school and further their education um, and uh, ended up staying um, so they'd been here since uh, 1978. And uh, they, uh, they did get divorced later, which that's an excerpt I write about. Um, but they both, they both stayed. And um, not long after, a couple years after they got divorced, my dad was diagnosed um, with uh, a, form of, a form of blood cancer. And um, so this piece kind of came out after he died about two years later, my mom, my sister and I all went back to Uganda to have a um, celebration of life service there because he, his wishes were to uh, remain buried here in the States. Uh, so we sort of had a memorial, we had the memorial service here in the States mm -hmm. um, for our friends and family here. 
And then uh, about a year and a half later, we went to Uganda to do where, where most of his family is, still live. So there was, I had this moment of kind of, because it, ha it happened it, it, in a weird way, it sort of happened slow and fast at the same time. Yeah. And so this moment of how did I get here? How did we get to this um, point? Mm -hmm. And that was the impetus to start writing because um, that the memorial service in Uganda was uh, summer of 2015. So a couple of months after that is when I sat down at the computer and um, uh, started writing or with a notebook and started writing. Mm. And it came in excerpts and pieces that were sparked by inspiration or motivation. Like how, how do you come to these different points that you kind of talk I about? I think initially it was just um, free writing, just any memories I could think of mm -hmm. um, both present or near present and past. Um, I, for years, I've been going to this uh, play reading group called uh, Naked Angels, uh, Tuesdays at nine. So every yeah. week um, for write writers bring excerpts and read it. And I've been going as an actor for years. And um, with them is when I got the idea of like, if I'm going to write, I could maybe take it there. And for solo pieces, they say five pages, double space. So that became my initial parameters. Like if I could write five pages mm -hmm. okay so the excerpts are for the most part five page excerpts going by their parameters mm -hmm. um and um so I would free write um a story or a scenario that I remembered and then you know edit it down to five pages to make sure it fit or sometimes I'd have two short excerpts and so I'd put them together um and would take them there mainly as they came or some there were some days where I would have a bunch of different ones. And I think there's one document somewhere on my computer just with a, like 15, 20 pages of just free write stories. And then I would take an excerpt out and try to shape it mm -hmm. and work on it for a while. And, you know, sort of go back to that document marked, you know, worked on this on such and such a date. Mm -hmm. um, and so then taking out from there and, and in bits and pieces, um, for the most part, in no particular order, sometimes something might spark something else, mm. another memory or another excerpt. Um, the, there's one excerpt that was actually sparked. I had submitted this um, to a, um, a showcase um, uh, under the, it was a showcase with the theme of insider outsider. So I thought this is an immigrant story. This might fit and it mm -hmm. got selected. So I, I, I shaped the first, the big, currently the beginning part. I seem, I think it's going to stay the beginning mm -hmm. and, um, um, invited, uh, friends to come. And I told my mom about it and she ended up coming and I was like, it's, not, I don't know if it's a plane ticket, big deal thing. I thank you for coming. <laughs> but I don't know if it's a, but she, and I was planning on flying down there anyway. I had some days off that I was going to, I was going to see her in a couple of weeks anyway, but she came. And um, so it was really nice to have her there and have her um, support. And afterwards, some friends and I were hanging around and, um, you know, someone asked about what, uh, you know, what she thought of it and what made them when they decided to stay in the US. And so she goes into this whole story that I had never heard before. And I said, wait, wait, what? I don't, okay. <laughs> you need to write this down and we'll talk about this later. Yeah, um, yeah, so that, that's kind of like mirrored in um, 
one of the excerpts that has been selected and kind of strung through for this particular episode on standby is like, uh, there's a notion that you're going to visit your, your father at the hospital and he's telling, he's recounting an, an aspect of his life. Uh, and, and certain perspectives of it because of the audience and the nature of the audience is very different from what you grew up uh, hearing. So it's kind of cool seeing that also your, your mother, there are certain aspects or colors of ourselves that we show depending on what is the right. question being asked? Who is listening into the question? What's my comfort level here? Um, so that's really interesting. Did she end up writing it down? She did. She wrote it down and I went back <laughs> with questions and, and was able to, to shape it into another section and figuring out, you know, again, how it all fits because some parts of it are um, what I've said in, in my own notes about more of the present. So things that are more along the lines of, you know, from maybe 2011 to uh, 2015 at when we went to his um, memorial in service in Uganda. And so that's sort of like the present timeline. Then there's the past. So like when they came in 1978 and then I was born in the 80s and growing up throughout the late 80s, early 90s, that's sort of the past timeline. And so what I'm working through is how to put those together. Um, if it's not literally in chronological order, does it go back in time and how? And um, so figuring all of that out is is, is what's in my head it's like a puzzle almost yeah like a, a literary puzzle well one thing that i will say about this particular excerpt that uh, the viewers have access to or listeners have access to is that there is a beautiful back and forth of like this is a story this is the context in which the story is being told here is a little voyeur into my father telling this story, which bounces back in the past and then kind of still remains somewhat present or rooted in the structure that you've kind of laid out already. Um, and so it's very, it's an easy, almost um, kind of meditative and sentimental listen, I think, uh, at least I, I've had the privilege of uh, editing it and now I get to talk to you about it. So like, huh, <laughs> that's fine. I'm not like honored or whatever. Uh, but sitting down and listening to this piece and how I, I too am a daughter of immigrants. I'm first generation here. My parents had immigrated in the seventies and I'm, I'm a Palestinian American. Um, and like my relationship to my father is sacred, you know, it's just mm -hmm. very, um, it's very different than a lot of my American friends. Um, so to kind of be walked through this very intimate, like loving, uh, open relationship, especially from someone who's coming from a different culture and assimilating or kind of adapting however they can, it's, it's really nice. And it's also peppered with this like lightness, this sense of joy in the memories of it, as opposed to being so, it could easily be weighed down by the, the lead of the material. Mm -hmm. um, the fact that we are talking about and exploring mortality and uh, legacy and how does that manifest, but there's such a, a seamless type of lightness to it as well. Um, when recording these pieces, 
uh, how did that feel? How was this recording process versus you reading it out loud during Naked Angels? Also, shout out to Naked Angels and Frida Matea who like linked all of this together. Um, so please tell me what, how was that process different for you? Yeah, it was, I mean, the, the, like I said, the first time I took it there because I went to Naked Angels primarily as an actor and, mm -hmm. you know, you take someone else's words and, and at least with Naked Angels, it's cold. Like, so you're handed the script, you walk in at eight o'clock, you're handed the script maybe at eight or, no, sorry, 8.30. It's been so long since we've been in person. <laughs> but um, I know. whatever the time is, I guess we'll figure it out when we get back. But whatever, you know, you walk in and you're handed a script and you don't have much time to go over it. And then you just jump up when they call the writer's name. Right. And then now, um, the, the first time as a solo piece, it was this sort of like, well, I mean, this is a safe, it felt, it, I had already felt like it was a safe space. So I knew that, you know, whatever came out of my mouth, I would be supported in whatever way. Um, and, uh, and it was, and it was well um, received. So that felt good after that first time getting over that first time mm -hmm. um versus recording it it was a whole different beast um I mean we talked about before we're neither we're not technologically inclined and no <laughs> and I hear people uh either people that have started podcasts or whatnot throughout this last year and talking about like you know, they're set up and I, I can't remember what I was watching or listening to. And someone was like, I did a recording in my closet um, and to, for the sound. And I'm like, I, you know, I even like opened my I closet I wish I door. had that luxury. Right, and I, looked, <laughs> you know, I can't really fit in. I don't know. That doesn't look like it'll work. And okay, I'll just sit here in a chair and maybe like a scarf over my head. I don't know like how to, to help the sound not go too far out into the void and then mm -hmm. press record and wait, did that work? And I coughed and 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 the you know lack of feedback from having a live audience was like I don't what's working that, what isn't working right like I have no and I would listen to it but you're I'm I think like many people are extra critical when they hear their own self or see their own self so I'm like I don't I guess that worked I guess no I guess let me record it again I just mm -hmm. I coughed there and or I stumbled on something um so it was, yeah, it was, it, it was a little, it was harder to get out of my head, I think, mm -hmm. um, recording versus being in front of a, a live group. Right. Cause there's, there's this element of like free fall, whatever happens, happens, that's it. It's, it's not right. going to, to live on, you know, infinitely or, or anything in perpetuity. But when you're recording something, it's like, oh, wait a second. If I, if I have more than three chances to do something, I'm going to, I personally am going to go into perfectionism mode and then, and then it may take me way too long. Right. <laughs> That's right, just right. a me thing. I, right. I don't know if other people suffer from red pencil syndrome, but it is real. It's real. It's a lot to juggle the logistics of the technology and then doing the actual material justice, which I think you did phenomenally um and I really really can't wait for people to really listen to it 
how many times can I say really? <laughs> Apparently I'm really into it. Uh, <laughs> but I, I would like to thank you so much for not only sharing your work with us, but your time and your presence and your energy, your essence. It's wonderful to finally get to meet the person, although virtually behind <laughs> the words, the emails and the voice. Um, for those of you watching, if you haven't already listened to Tata, please do yourself a service and listen to it. Um, I cannot wait to see what more excerpts come out and hopefully seeing it live one day. I think that it definitely uh, would suit itself well to the theatrical medium and I can't wait to see it come to fruition for you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Uh, until next time, everyone, I'm Dunya. This is Barbara and uh, we'll see you in the green room, I guess. Bye for now. <laughs>